the Shattered Order Podcast. If you're looking for Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes news, information, and theory crafting, you've found the podcast you're looking for. Hey, we don't serve their kind here. With your hosts, Good night, punk. Doesn't like you. And Rim Killer Inc. I don't like you either. You just watch yourself. We want it been. I have the death sentence on 12 systems. I'll be careful. You'll be dead! This week, we got a surprise with the release of Rogue One when Bodhi Rook made his way to the holo table. We'll discuss this new character and talk about Shattered Order's raid rules along with our registration minigame. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 40th episode of the Shattered Order podcast. I'm your host, as always, Goodnight Punk. And with me, also, as always, my good friend Wink. What's up, dude? I'm a man. I'm 40. Um, <laughs> I really, really wanted to get the sound clip and play that into the podcast, but then, uh, you know, laziness took over and I decided not to, but uh, yeah, not a lot. Just sitting here ready to talk about some Star Wars. What's going on with you? Oh, just another Friday night. I'm getting ready to go back to work tomorrow but uh i will say this i've been destroying this new uh destiny update they put out last week i'm loving it so nice for any destiny players out there age of triumph is awesome not to mention they announced destiny 2 which is gonna be amazing i did see that looks pretty exciting oh i'm super hyped that's like the only destiny is like the only game that i play continually you know yeah. i'll buy games and i'll play them and get bored or i'll finish them and be done with it but i've played that one for the past three straight years i love that game it's a long time yeah kind of almost as long as a certain phone game we like to podcast about <laughs> yeah touche all right grab something and hold on to it if you love it yeah that's very true most very of the time true. that phrase goes to women but uh I'll use it with games instead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, women are great and all, but that's that's not <laughs> typically how I would describe my relationship with them. But to each their own. You can't play with a woman on the train, so <laughs> just say that. Fair enough. <laughs> well, we got an update this week, and it was a little bit surprising, I'd say, because uh, come Tuesday, they put out an update, and with the release of Rogue One... All of a sudden, we're all getting packs in our pack store that contained a new character no one saw coming. I mean, I didn't. I assume you didn't see Bodhi Rook coming. No, I did not. had no idea. I kind of assumed if he didn't make it in the first pass that he just wasn't going to make it, you know? Yeah. But then again, it kind of makes sense that they were saving someone for the release of it. I mean, it kind of... Kind of makes sense when you think about it. 
Yeah, totally. Still surprising. And it's it's just yeah, it's it was surprising, but it was really cool the way they did it too because not only did you go and get that pack, you got a two-star Bodhi Rook, but on top of that, you got 500 crystals with it. Heck yeah. Well, I I saw that after I opened the pack. And I was amazed because it's just one of those things out of nowhere. Here's 500 crystals. And then it had some Omegas and some other ability mats and some credits. I mean, it was a pretty sweet pack, I'd say, especially for free and out of nowhere. Yeah, no kidding. And I was going to buy the movie anyway, so. <laughs> nice. Yeah, pretty sweet. And then the best part, he wasn't didn't have packs to buy to if you wanted to upgrade him. He went straight into the Galactic War store. Yeah, like... That was the first time we've seen a character go straight into a Galactic War store, and I mean, God, who was the last character? I mean, I, I really can't remember. It's been a long time, a really long time. Well, the last one was Kate. You mean the last one that went straight to the uh, yes. Galactic War? The what? Anywhere oh, else? Okay, just yeah. went straight there. Maybe Magma Trooper. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, that, yep, he would be. Yeah, wow. he went straight there after the monthly login. So that's the last one I can remember. And he was fantastic, and we love good old Jerry. Oh, yeah, he's amazing. Yeah. Talk about him all the time. Obviously, he's amazing. Oh, of course. Get your magma <laughs> trooper going, people. Jeez. Get on it. That AOE turn meter, pretty decent now. Yeah. Everybody loves it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, pretty cool. I'm with. I went straight after him because uh, I have no interest in K2SO, but the he looks pretty cool, and we're gonna talk about him a little later. But he also has a Zeta, and uh, I like it. So, yeah. so we'll talk about that. In addition to you know, Bodhi and. The crystals, we got 500,000 credits, we got a few ability mats, and an Omega mat, and some training droids, so. Not too bad. Not too shabby. Then the rest of the update happened, and it was kind of confusing, but there was another exciting thing in it. First off, there were some bug fixes. Cool. And I tried to get information on this before the podcast but uh the guys i wanted to talk to about it weren't around so i'll mention it because i know it was uh something that a lot of people were happy were fixed when they fought it and unhappy it was fixed because they used it yeah but uh bigs dark lighters x-wing daring assault ability will now grant the proper amount of protection when an enemy becomes target locked so however people were manipulating that to work really well for their team it's now been fixed so if you did that and you didn't know now you know and knowledge is power so (laughs) yeah did uh, you know anything about that um, ever use it i use bigs and i never really thought about it until somebody mentioned something about you know this bug getting fixed or i guess it's showing up in the uh, bug bin a few weeks ago the fact that he would basically regain all of his protection whenever... I'm not exactly sure what the stipulations were, but sometimes whenever somebody would get target locked, he'd regain all of his protection. 
rather than the amount that he's supposed to. So ah, it's a little op there. Yeah, no wonder they wanted that fixed. Yeah, the people fighting that on were probably. His is the his uh special is the one that shoots the two torpedoes and target locks, right? Yep. Yeah, so if you're doing that every time it's on cooldown, getting all your protection back, man, that would be annoying. Yeah. Well, that uh that one actually if they're target locked already, it calls in an assist and would, you know, further grant protection. Ah, gotcha. Yeah. Good stuff. Yep. Well, Nice to see that they're continuing to work on bugs because there were four character bugs along with the ship bugs they fixed. So pretty nice. But the next part of it was the cryptic part and the Ooh. interesting part. All right. Yeah. Now I'm trying to figure out at the first sentence, there were two blocks. Let's say one was a sentence and then they had another sentence afterwards. So the first sentence said, with the Phoenix Squadron collected, it's time to rise together. Now, I can only assume that that means now that you have all these characters, go out and use them in the wild and see what happens. So, I'm assuming that, that that's referring to uh, what Jesse talked about the uh, challenge to get the ship. Uh, can't remember the ah. name of the ship, but the the event that's coming up where you have to have you know the five uh, Phoenix Squadron characters so that you can get the ship. I assume that's what that's referring to. That would make sense. Yeah. It's, well, it's, it's funny. The, uh, on the official notes for this, Rise Together was both caps. So it makes me wonder if that's just the name of the event and they were hinting at that. Yeah. That's kind of, that was my assumption. Makes sense. I see where you're going. But now the second sentence is the more interesting one to me, and it just da, says da, four da, little da, words. Da, 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 An imperial da, threat arises. So who is it? Who's this imperial threat? That is an excellent question. <laughs> My biggest uh, guess, since we're still on, we just got done with the rebels, is the guy that everyone's been talking about for quite a while now. And that's Thrawn. I'm going to be shocked if it's not Thrawn at this point. So I guess uh, the book on Thrawn is coming out. I think it's next Tuesday. This is coming Tuesday. There are a lot of people suspecting that maybe the date that that comes out, we get an update. You never know. This could be the next, uh, you know, this could be the next ultra rare event. Something like that is kind of what um, is kind of what I'm predicting. Yeah, I don't. I can see that, and I'm not sure that uh, that'll happen. I can see it, but I do believe we're both on the same page that Thrawn will definitely be coming out because the book coming out that day, the fact that we just got a bunch of rebels paired with the news that they can only use characters from the current season of rebels which he was in mm-hmm. it just right now it makes sense yep unless it was some random rebel from rogue one or not rebel some random imperial from rogue one we'd never thought about but yeah. i don't think any of the main imperials in that movie are not in this game so i'm with you 
100% agree. But you mentioned something uh, definitely interesting earlier this week when we were talking about that, and that to me is the idea that they might rework the Empire characters. Yeah, so... And... I mean, they, re- you know, they redid Kylo, which we knew was happening. They ended up redoing all the First Order. Uh, what was the other faction they redid? Resistance? Yes, Resistance. Uh, completely redid the entire faction. The Imperial characters, I mean, if you look at Tarkin, um, who, who, he, he's the main one that comes to mind that's just really kind of worthless. Veers. Veers, yes. <laughs> Thank you. So you have those two that are especially underwhelming. You would think that they would have some good synergy with Vader, but when they were actually released, you know, Vader wasn't what he is now. Um, his Zeta ability has really right. changed things, and I kind of think that that's going to require a little bit of a rework with those other characters to really make them useful under him. What do you think? I I think you're on to something, because honestly, the Sith got their rework, and now they've got their time in the sun. Yep, that but was the other one. The uh, Empire, if they were to get reworked, that would add just so many more options for either a Vader team yep. or a Palpatine-led team that you could throw some of those Sith on along with the Empire. I mean, there's just a lot of things that you could do with those guys if they were reworked. Absolutely. So, And I just have to hold out hope for this idea to be true because I spent a month or two farming veers to seven stars to sit at gear one level one because he's just so bad (laughs) but i just wanted to have him one of the few characters that uh i was on this kick where i'm gonna farm someone no one has just to say i have him and uh it was kind of pointless but uh he's there so if he gets reworked i'll be one of the few that already have him at seven stars and i would be excited for that very nice so yeah i'm hoping we'll see what happens i really do like the idea of them reworking some of these dark side characters there's a lot of well once once they did sith things kind of turned around but for the longest time it was all light side dominated teams you know what i mean yep so and it was a lot harder early on to get through those dark side nodes because your highest geared characters were always light side most of the time, right? Yep. Unless you had droids. But even then, half of the team was light side. I've made that mistake before. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it'll be, be nice if that's what happens. But I think you're on to something. We will see soon. Definitely. So the other maybe thing... Maybe next Tuesday. Maybe next Tuesday. Uh, the other thing was something that we actually asked Jesse about was Cassian's U-Wing. Where's it been? Well, here it is. They released a bundle. Yeah, obviously another thing that they were keeping in their back pocket for the Rogue One DVD release. Yep. And we probably should have seen that coming, uh... Yeah. Given that we kind of knew the U-Wing was going to be coming, why not release it when Rogue One releases? So that was kind of right under our noses. 
so the bundle is 50 Cassian shards, 80 Jin shards, and 50 K2SO shards. You get 80 U-Wing shards, blueprints, not shards, uh, 200,000 shipbuilding material, 300,000 credits, and then you get some training droids. And you know, this price on it was thirty nine ninety nine, I believe. In yes, it was. And my question was, wasn't there a pack just like this, like in December, that was a hundred bucks for a ship? Ooh. Wasn't Kylo's, or was Kylo's forty? I, I thought Kylo's was forty. Um, I don't remember one being. That would make sense if it was. Surprise me. Yeah. Well, what was the one with Jin? Oh, that was just for Rogue One characters. All right, ignore me. Yeah. Anyways, I think the price alone on that, (laughs) I would almost pay the money for the 80 gin shards, (laughs) Uh, to be honest. Yeah, that's really the only thing that's kind of that tempting uh, in that, because those gin shards would be really nice right about now. I don't... most people know this by now, but I am not a ship guy, so... Really? I, I, Yeah. I got my Zetas, and I'm good. But I just... Yeah. I, for those that are ship guys, it seems like a decent deal. The only thing I have to say to you, if you are a ship guy, is where are you going to farm this, you know? Because there are still ships that aren't farmable, you know? Yep. Which is another problem I have with ships. Vader ship, like I, the Falcon. I would love to have Vader ship, but I can't get Vader ship. Yep. Uh, Kylo's ship, can't yep. get that. The Tie Reaper, you can't get that. It, there's just so much. It's so hard to farm ships in a adequate way, I guess. So it's, I'm trying to get. it's kind of funny. Uh, the ships have kind of turned into the way that characters were in the beginning of the game. So now all these characters that come out everybody's basically getting for free. Like, the whole character, like, the Chromium exclusive character that you can't get unless you pay for them, like, that's that's gone. You don't see that anymore. But now, we have that same thing kind of going on with ships, which I think's kind of interesting. Only difference is that they're not, these ships aren't Chromium exclusive, right? So you can't even buy... Pay yeah. money to buy them, you know? Yeah. They're just out there MIA to everyone. You know? that, that's true. But no, I get but I get what you're saying. It may it's pretty much spot on besides the fact that I don't think any of them were added to those ship packs. And I don't are the ship packs even there anymore? Uh I don't know. I haven't looked in forever. I got my Zetas and I was happy. <laughs> Yeah, Especially I, when I kept getting Gen Ocean Spy shards. Yeah. Or blueprints. I, I, so. I don't buy those packs anymore, but I still buy shards out of the uh, fleet shipments for a couple ships, but that's about it. Yeah. The fleet data card is still there. Let me look and see if any of those ships are on it. No, it doesn't look like it's been updated since they came out. So Nice. But that's another one, right? The Millennium Falcon. Yep. Yeah, there's nowhere to get that, you know? So. Very sad. Yes. I agree, because I would love to have that ship. 
Yeah, yeah, name yeah. value. Who <laughs> then I'd have to level my fin, but whatever. Yeah. I need to finish that challenge anyway. Finish that challenge. See what you did there. <laughs> I didn't, but uh, thanks for showing me what I did. Nice. All right. Um, on to calendar events. This so week. There's a couple in here that I was surprised to see because I went. Yes. They haven't updated the, the thing on the forums, their calendar on the forums. The last thing they have on their Sabine's event. Which, worth mentioning, is going on right now and ends in three hours. So we'll be done when you hear this, but let's talk about that for a second. What did you think of that event? Pretty good. I mean, same as all the events. They're they're all about the same. Well, the only thing different, right, is that parked TIE Fighter. Yeah. With the extra damage you have to put the... Or the extra armor you have to put the armor down on to get it down faster i yeah. thought I, I just i really like the way they've been putting these pve the way they've been working these pve units you know like we talked about the crates earlier yep and now you have this tie fighter in this one it makes me hopeful for some future pve content that they put out that they might have some more story driven stuff like this i thought that was cool yeah, they're definitely getting pretty creative with it, it seems like. Uh, maybe we'll get something really good PvE-related with ships or something along those lines at some point. Yeah, definitely. And it was kind of weird having the alignment of your characters shift to, like, the raid alignment at the last stage there. What do you mean? Did you notice that? So the first four, three stages... They're just the normal five guys, and then the the sixth one is standing close to the screen like they've been doing in these events. But then when the TIE Fighter and fa- or Stage 4 was out there, everyone was kind of lined up like they are oh. against the against uh, General Grievous and the, yeah. H-8, or the Heroic Tank Raid. I did notice that, actually. It looked a little, looked a little weird <laughs> at first, but then I was like, well, Yeah, it threw me cool. off. Yeah, I'm like, oh, this is going to be a tough fight because it looks like a raid. Well, and, and especially with <laughs> six characters being out there. Oh yeah, throw the extra one in there. <laughs> Pretty crazy. Yep. But it was fun. I thought all these Rogue One events were really fun. So I am not disappointed with the way that they are rolling these events out. I'm not at either. Least, at least not now. Not the way that we've seen that they roll the characters that come out of them out to farmable locations so the only real disappointment is bays to me chert and Jin are still kind of hard to get but i'm still getting them let's not talk about way bays. faster than bays <laughs> i think i'm at 14 shards and i started at zero when he came out so yep that's about where next I'm at. year <laughs> yep all right, so anyway, uh, calendar events this weekend, today or tomorrow, or depending on when you listen to this, Saturday, April 8th, we have the Jakku Omega Battle, and then Sunday, April 9th, we have the Hoth Omega Battle. So 
That'll be nice to get some more Omegas, because you can never have too many of those. Definitely, especially when you get those 20 Zetas and you want to use them right away. Yeah, I just spent 20 of them. Not <laughs> sure how I feel about it yet, either. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm at the point, I'm at 18 right now, so I figure by this weekend I will have to make my choice, too. Yeah. I sat on mine for a long time before I spent them. But. <laughs> well, maybe... Well, for everyone that doesn't know, who was it? Phasma. Um, so maybe it's time to uh, level all of the First Order. That's Yeah, I'm kind of doing that. I went ahead and took her and First Order TIE Pilot to gear 11. Probably going to use them mainly in raids. I've been testing Phasma lead in Arena. It's pretty good on offense, but eh, defense, questionable. Um, I'm testing something right now, and if it works, I'm going to be kicking myself for spinning Zetas on Phasma, but we'll we'll see how my current experiment goes. Sounds um, good. How about we throw a uh, arena update in there next week? Sounds like a good I idea. I want to hear about it. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. Um... <laughs> All right, Thursday, April 13th. What comes back? The Yoda Man. The Grandmaster's training is back after two months off now that they're alternating with the Palpatine event. So now, come this Thursday, you can try to get your Yoda to seven stars and make sure that you get him so you don't have to wait another two months to uh, try again. The so return that's coming on the 13th. Yoda <laughs> that was amazing <laughs> I was not expecting that <laughs> I wasn't expecting it either okay. It just kind of flew out of your mouth <laughs> <laughs> Then you got another event Friday that With no updates to the calendar No one saw coming And that is the return Of the Assault Battle Ground War Yeah So for all of you with Ewoks, Ugnaught, and Resistance characters you are in luck because you can get that sweet, sweet loot again. And I will watch you from the sidelines like I did last time. Yeah. I don't... I think that was the one I... I don't think I beat it on that final tier. I think I got to the last the last level and couldn't quite beat it. So maybe redemption this most, time around. That's the most demoralizing thing, right? When you roll through oh, the whole thing to the last the last stage, yep. and then you just don't even get a turn. You got one guy left who's taking his turn, and you're like, why did I just waste three minutes? Yep. Okay. I should have seen this coming. So, um, a little tip on the Assault Battle Ground War that I remember from last time that actually helped me a ton. I was having hell on, you know, the second tier the hard one and i was using tebow and i don't remember my entire team comp but tebow and ewok elder were both in there if you're using tebow and any other ewoks set your speed up so that tebow is the slowest by like one speed since whenever he does his stealth ability he gives other ewoks 100 percent turn meter you don't want to give them full turn meter, you know, when they're almost at full turn meter. So it just right, gives that you sense. that many more extra turns. 
So that is a really good trick that helped me a ton in getting to the last level. Obviously didn't beat it, but I, it helped me get a hell of a lot further than I was getting before I did that. So if you're having issues, try that and see if it helps. Manipulation at its best. Use yep. those abilities to your advantage. Makes a difference. So, definitely. Well, Reddit was a hot item on this podcast for a long time, and suddenly everything went dead. But we do have a few things Crickets. to talk about from it this week, but holy smokes, devs MIA. Yeah. So Basically, the only thing we've seen was CG Top Hat saying, you're welcome because somebody made a post saying thanks for, you know, the Rogue One pack and, you know, the crystals and Bodie and the rewards and all that good stuff. That was it. Nothing. I will say this. I, I do like seeing those posts. Some people don't like to see them. They just think that they're worthless. But I like to see the good of our Reddit brethren once in a while. So Not too often, though. When you see something good, let them know. It's nice, and I know they appreciate it. So Yeah, for and sure. And I appreciate saying that not everyone hates everything that is always happening in this game, you know? Yeah. It's one of those things, like, there's so much good, like, you don't don't think about saying, hey, you know, thanks for this really kick-ass game that, you know, we all play. It's, you know, typically leads to just a lot of complaining about things that we don't like, which is fine. They need feedback on both sides, so it was nice to see something, you know, on that other side. Yin and yang, man. Give them both. That is true. So, we got some theory crafting ideas here you got from uh, Reddit. Yeah, this is pretty cool. Did you see this? I have not seen it. All right. You're actually going to have to describe Deathmark for me again because I forget exactly what it does. Uh, Zabrick Warrior was the one who posted the, uh, the, uh, oh, whatchamacallit, um, the post on Reddit. So his idea was you have Death Trooper put Death Mark on someone and then Sabine come in and do her basic attack. Since her basic can multi-attack, it basically triggers Death Mark multiple times. And there was a video um, on the same thread the video was posted by Oblivion1-WW. Uh, I believe that's his Reddit username. I uh, don't remember what his YouTube account was. Oblivion mm-hmm. was something, if I remember correctly. But essentially, uh, he he showed a video of Death Trooper putting Deathmark on like a fully protected, full health Sunfog. And then Sabine comes in, multi-attacks, done. Damn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was it was pretty legit. So uh this could be something that's actually quite interesting. Um I do not re- remember what the exact description is on the death mark, so bear with me for one second. I'm going to look it up. 
Cue the elevator music. Do, 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 That's do. Jeopardy. Oh. Uh, <laughs> that was the best I could do on short notice. Sorry. Um, okay, so Death Trooper's ability terminate. Deal physical damage target enemy. If target enemy is suffering any debuffs, this attack is a guaranteed critical hit. If there are any defeated enemies, also inflict death mark for two turns. Targets defeated by terminate can't be revived. That did nothing for telling us what death mark is, did it? Uh, sorry, I just wasted Is your it time. the same as the raid? Um, if I remember correctly, death mark is next attack uh, does 50% health damage. Is I believe how it works. I'm not a hundred percent certain though. Uh, yeah, there's not a good way to. I am not finding a good way to find this easily right now. Um, <laughs> SWGOH.gg. They really need a database for debuffs and buffs. I That's agree because I went looking for that and thinking have. it was there, but it yeah, was not there. That would be super awesome. But anyway, so yeah, that's the idea. So this is uh, the death mark from the raid. And if it's anything similar, then uh, tell me how this sounds compared to the one we got. It says death mark targets must be attacked if able. And whenever they are damaged by an attack, they take bonus damage equal to 50% of their max health. If the target is defeated while still death marked, they can't be revived. I I believe that that's works. how it works, except I don't think it's I don't think it's like a required taunt, essentially. Yeah. That but, sounds about right to what would be happening there. So all yep. it would take is fifty percent of their max health on four shots from Sabine. And so it's like pretty much there, right? Yeah. I mean you can do hundred and fifty to two hundred and fifty percent of their health. You know, with her doing that. So that's, uh, I mean, that's basically like Annihilate. <laughs> it's, it's you could almost pretty awesome. do, you could take them to almost dead with Leia in the same regard, correct? Isn't hers three different attacks? Yeah, that's a good point. I would like to know if it works with her as well. Yeah, because Sabine obviously has more can get more attacks off but yes and even pow his is a multiple attack boba's is a multiple or has a chance at being multiple as well yeah very interesting there's some that work but obviously from the sound of it sabine can go up to five times so yeah that's gonna be your best option absolutely yeah very cool yeah that does sound pretty sweet yeah so, and then this uh, Death Mark and Death Trooper stuff got me thinking about something I thought of after we recorded the last podcast. Okay. I thought of a way to use Death Trooper that could be kind of interesting, and I want someone to test it and report back. Essentially, you have your Maul team, and you use Death Trooper with Maul. So the advantages of using Death Trooper with Maul is Death Trooper on his basic, he will stun a character that is already dazed. And since Maul does his AoE daze, you know, Death Trooper can stun them. Uh, the other advantage 
is the fact that he has that AoE dispel. Mm-hmm. And then along with Deathmark and everything, he I, I feel like he might be able to synergize pretty well with that Maltine. He His... Doesn't he have Stagger on his AoE also? Or no, that's Krennic. Yes. Ignore me. Yeah, that is. Director Krennic. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that could be pretty interesting with Death Trooper. If somebody wants to test it out and let me know how it goes, I would be really curious to hear some feedback. Because that's the problem with that mall team is you don't have a way to get rid of all the tenacity up from the Rex teams that are countering it. So that could be a really good way to kind of get around that. Plus, you have the added bonus of stunning people with the days. Yeah, that would be pretty uh, a pretty good, strong move there. Interesting. Yeah. Well, uh, how about Bodhi? We break Bodhi. the Bodhi down. Um, I was going to make a. I'll get back to it. <laughs> okay. We'll call this our Bodhi call. The How's Bodhi. That? Ooh, I like that. The Bodhi call. All right. <laughs> All right. Bodhi Rook. And before we start this, let me just say I am working on him, farming him, and gearing him because. Not because I think he's going to be some kind of a magical. Darth Maul counter, like a lot of people think, but I think he has a lot of utility with his unique. So we'll go over that and you'll see why. But hmm. it's, it's basic, basically deals physical damage to target enemy and inflict evasion down for two turns. So reading that first ability and thinking of the current meta and when this guy was introduced... The first thought of everyone is, this is the mall counter, correct? I mean, eh, kind of. Yeah. It's going to help. I don't know that it will shift the meta at all, though. It's not going to shift the meta, but it may help those teams be a little less evasive. Yeah, definitely. And some, and in some cases, that's just enough to beat them, so... yes. Because that is he the frustrating is, part, is the turn meter that they gain off of that. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. So it's got decent damage, 3,800 to 4,200 on uh, the basic. So not terrible. Okay. His second ability, his special, is called Spotter. Inflict target enemy with evasion down for two turns, which can't be evaded. So... Instantly give him evasion down. Target other ally gains offense up and potency up for two turns and is called to assist. So you can pick someone to give offense up and potency and assist. And if that target ally is a rebel, Bodhi gains 30% turn meter. So in a rebel team or on a team with another rebel, he's going to be able to give himself some turn meter with this move. It's on a four-turn cool, four-turn cooldown, which isn't seems about regular with most of these moves, but yeah, looks pretty good to me. Yeah, I, I think he looks 
that looks pretty good on offense, not so much defense. The concerning thing being, you know, who he calls to assist. Who he calls, yeah. That it's is, all those AOI, AO, AOI, AIs picking people on defense. That's always the scary part. Yep. It would be nice but, if there would be some sort of... If there was just something to how they schedule it. That's, like I said, that's my problem with Jen. Like, I, um, I read that ability and the first character i think of is Jin. you know give her offense up potency up call her to assist and Bodhi gets 30 percent turn meter like that's the type of character that you would want to use that ability on but on defense that you know it's probably not gonna work that way Mm-hmm. good point as far as his second special it's intercept communications. Remove 10% turn meter from all enemies. Doubled on empire enemies, which can't be evaded. All allies gain 10% turn meter. Doubled on rebels. So, pretty nice turn meter manipulation move there. Yeah, for sure. And I it- think this dude in a... A... Turn meter Rancor team will be pretty good. I didn't think Not about only that. because he has this, but because of his unique, which we're going to talk about now. And the unique is, so like I said, he can he can manipulate turn meter and give turn meter to your guys. And it can't be evaded. Unique, yes, cannot be evaded. And then his unique. When Bodhi's active, rebel allies with offense up also gain 50% defense. So if you're running a rebel team with him, not only are they getting their offense buff, but in that you're also getting a half defense buff up buff. So, And then at the end of each of his turns, Bodhi grants offense up for two turns to a random ally who doesn't have it. And that is the Zeta part of his ability. So... At the end of every one of his turns, he's going to give offense up for two turns. And that offense up can be great. I know that you've used it on a lot of your teams. Oh, yes, I'm a big fan. Yeah, so the, uh, the, the, the part of that that I like about his Zeta is not that it's only Rebels. So if yeah. you have this Zeta, he will work on any team and still give that to them which makes his Zeta way more gives it way more utility than a lot of the other zetas yep if you know what i mean now is it one of the top zetas i don't think so but it is definitely better than a lot of them and it can be used on multiple teams which we talked about last week with characters that are able to be used on multiple teams being great or the better ones to farm at mm-hmm. first. This guy, if you wanted to Zeta him, would be a good one, I think. Don't have data to back it up. Haven't seen anything with it yet, but in theory crafting, I think it'll be good. Yep. And you'll definitely want him to be with Rebels because you're going to want to make sure he gains that 30% turn meter on that special. You know, that's just going to. Add to the number of characters getting the offense up, so. Yeah, and even if you added, if only if you had, like, one other rebel in the team. Like, if you had a Baze or a Churret or 
base insured, I mean, like that would be enough for him to get his 30%. Yeah. Or if he was on a gin team on phase one of the heroic tank, that's enough for him to boost himself. So Sounds fun. Yeah. How's the stats look? Pretty good. Um, so he is listed as a support character, but he has, you know, 16,400 roughly health. And 17,000 protection, 5% health still. Decent tenacity at 29%. Uh, he has 17% potency, which don't really matter because, you know, the stuff that he requires potency for can't really be evaded other than his basic. And his speed's 132, which is, which is adequate for a support character. Uh, might be a little above average for a support character, actually. Well, it depends. There's some faster support characters, actually. Never mind. I take that back. But, uh, I mean, he's his stats are kind of average, which is, yeah. I think, the type of character he is. Like, he's definitely usable in teams, and I think there will be some teams he makes really good. But all in all, he's, yeah. Yeah, he's a, he's got the stats, I would imagine, a character going straight to Galactic War would. Yeah, that's a that that's a sense. really good way of putting it. <laughs> <laughs> Not terribly OP, but enough to get by and be adequate, you know. Yep. So, for sure. I like him. I'm interested to see in the coming weeks once people start getting him to 7 star what they do with him and kind of influence me if I decide that I want to do something with him, you know. Yep. So, Will be cool because I am farming gin, and I'm really interested in a a gin led uh, phase one team for the raid. So for the heroic tank, I mean, that'd be so. cool. Interested to see what he does. Well, hopefully, here in a couple of weeks, you'll be able to share that information with us because I know you're going to buy that pack to get the eighty gin shards. And uh, <laughs> I am as soon as I get your check. Uh, or, um, well, we'll get into ways to collect some money here shortly. <laughs> All righty. Um, <laughs> uh, well, what is our main topic for this week? So this week, we wa- I wanted to go over some of the guild rules that we have in shattered order that are kind of different than most people but work for us and kind of add some fun to the way we do things and just to put it out there for other people if they want to try it or expand upon it and see what works for them just to kind of put it out there because i know that the stormtrooper shooting range which we do is a big hit in our guild and i'm Interested to see what other people would think of it. So, but to get to that, we have to go through everything else. So, first thing I want to talk about was guild activity caps. And I know I don't, I've been in guilds where they have these on my B account. And some of them can get pretty uh, demanding considering the way I like to play the game. Like, you have to get, we have to get to tier seven every day. You know what I mean? 
but which is not a bad thing. I'm not trying to downplay the way people do it, but that's just not the way I want to spend my energy daily, if you know what I mean. Yeah. First one we have, and the only one we have for guild activities, is the Galactic War Challenge. So we cap out to, cap out at 24, and the reason we even put that in there was because some of our European members can't even get to 36 in one day in our reset. So that's why we do 24. That way everyone can get to number one and we can share the number one spots and people aren't locked out of it forever. Plus, it's just so so much easier not having to deal with that if you want to get the top rewards because it doesn't keep you from getting the top tier. So you're still going to get the same amount. You just don't have to worry about doing 36 of those damn things right there in a row. And when we started this, part of the reason we started it was because there were some people that could you know, only do 10 nodes of Galactic War sometimes. So this allows everybody to still have the opportunity to get the top rewards. Absolutely. If you still have your three Galactic Wars for that day... And you only make it through nine or ten on one and eleven on the next. You can still do those other three and get yourself to twenty four and be totally fine. So, and like you said, if everyone does twenty four or not even everyone does the twenty four, you're still gonna hit tier seven. So, you're not gonna miss that at a twenty four cap. So nope. that's how we do it. I know I've seen a lot of other. People do caps on the number of challenges you can do in a day, yep. especially with the new ship challenges, adding even more to that. We don't do that in our guild because I think that most people just wait and then do them in the day. But it really sucks when you forget about it in the morning doing your dailies and then you know you're not going to get first. So I have been in guilds that do do that. They say, hey, we're going to cap this at eight today and eight tomorrow and then that's it. And you can do the rest during any other time of the day. But. Yeah. Yeah. See, and that's a pretty good idea. Like, I mean, I don't have an issue with it. But, like, I don't care either way. Because I do not participate in that part. Because way too many times. There were, like, three straight weeks where I would hold on to all of my challenges. Like, all right, I'm going to do them after Guild Reset. And then I forget about it. And I do two and then it's like it's bedtime. And I'm like, I ain't staying up. You <laughs> know, forgotten for to 30 do them. Yeah. yeah, I just I lost out on too much gear. It wasn't worth it. So now I just do them whenever I can throughout the day. Yeah, that's the other thing. We don't have any caps on most things because it just the natural progression of guild activities in our guild can usually get to us to tier five without trying. And the difference between tier 5 and tier 7 t- and the amount of energy you have to spend to get to that point for an extra maybe 100 guild currency just isn't really worth the energy no. to me. Nope. Especially if you're farming something specific, but you have to go after, let's say, a bunch of hard nodes one day instead of farming the gear you want just to get 100 currency, you know? Yeah. So... We don't put caps on all those things. More of the, Our caps are more about we, making things easy rather than guild uh, currency caps. In addition to not having so. caps, we also do not have minimums. So I've heard of a lot of other guilds, you know, that require 
say, you know, Sunday that you do your two 100s and then on Monday do your other two 100s for like Cantina or that you do 10 arena battles or whatever. We don't have anything like that. You know, we don't have any requirements for stuff like that. Yep. That's how we do it. Not saying that that is the perfect way. That's just how we do it. If you're truly optimizing everything, that's obviously the way you would be doing it in your guild, but you have to get all 50 people to get on board. And as we've said before, our guild is hardcore casual. (laughs) And due to our casualness, we're not going to worry about it. I track enough stuff during the week for our guild to add tracking what people are doing daily for this activity cap for a hundred or 200 currency just makes my mind spin. So not worth it. I'm good. I'm good. But for all those math whizzes out there that like that kind of stuff, do what works. But now the fun part, our Rancor raid, the one that everyone wishes that would just go away and the rewards would be rolled into the, the tank raid well, we're still banging it out, so we do that every day, and we do it without every day. We do it every week, and we do it without fail, but we do it a kind of a different way than most people. It is a way that kind of evolved from something I saw on Reddit and how they were doing it, but basically it starts the day before, and I know that this is a way a lot of people do it, with the 24-hour raid registration. So we just want to get everyone in there, hitting it, or at least showing up and getting clogged by the captain. So you registered, and we'll get gear, and then we start the guild or the raid the next day. But the way we do it is three teams. So there are three teams in our guild, and I've split up all fifty people so that there are about even numbers in every single one, and. Each team is assigned a phase in the Rancor raid. So let's say we're doing a raid on Tuesday. Team A will be phase one. Team B will be phase two. And team C will be phase three. And it rotates every raid. So next raid, team B will be in phase one. A will rotate to three and so on and so forth. And we use those teams so those people can go in those phases and we kind of just regulate the damage and the way we the reason we even started it was to mix up the top 10 of the rewards every raid so you're not seeing the same six seven eight nine ten people in the top 10 every raid but it's mixed around so everyone's getting a chance to get in there and get good rewards but on top of that you're still able to If you have a powerful team, you're still able to get up to the top of the leaderboard, regardless of what phase you start in, just depending on how strong your team is, right? So we start with those teams, and then we basically clock the raid into an hour time block. And the first phase goes from that first 15 minutes of the hour. The second team goes for the second 15 minutes. The third team goes in the... Next 15 minutes, and then the last 15 minutes is phase four, which we do free-for-all. So, basically, the raid takes an hour. Every team goes in their phase. If you solo a phase, 
you wait until the post time of the next phase. So what that means is if you soloed phase one in your 15 minutes for phase one, you would have to, if you, and then you died in phase two, you'd have to wait until the 30 minute mark to post your damage. That way everyone's posting at the same time and it's not putting damage into phases and taking damage away from the group that's going in the next phase. This is going to sound super confusing, I'm sure, but I'm trying my best. <laughs> so basically, at 15 minutes of phase, don't post damage until that 15 minutes is over, and that lets people back out, try again for better RNG in those 15 minutes, and it seems to work out pretty well. I've reset my RNG in phase one and phase two and three several hundred times, I'm sure. And just get a bad run and you don't want to keep it knowing that you can back out of the raid and go right back in with the same 100% damage is a lot better than it was before we started doing this yep so and then the raid solos so that's a question I'm sure everyone with Vader's Zaders and their raid guild that solo the raid have a question about Zaders can solo the raid Totally fine in our guild. They just have to post after the hour's done. So, whatever you're doing, start it. If you don't want to wait an hour, just leave your game open, do it in the last 15 minutes, and then post it. Whatever. But our we still allow solos, but they have to wait. That way everyone else can get their damage in. And yep. the ranks become actual rankings and competitive so yep and uh so that's the good thing about like you said the three teams uh something in addition to that there's one of our teams that was kind of i seen them talking about this earlier they're trying to figure out a way to actually cycle through uh different members who clear the entire thing so that it's not the same you know, the same three people in the top three every time, uh, you know, like maybe have one person quit it, you know, 5%, another person quit it 3% or whatever, just to kind of cycle the, uh, the ranks. Which is awesome that they would agree to do that. I think that's really cool. Yep. And the, I would know that it's kind of dumb that we even have to do that because of the system, but that's what's there and that's how we work it. And it works pretty good. Yep. Other important information. And this one kills me. And this can go for any grade group, no matter what you're doing in the Rancor. If you say, wait to post damage. This is the biggest thing when we get new players in our guild that they screw up the first time that they run the Rancor. And that is posting damage to the raid happens when your last character dies. If you if your last character dies and you, then you sit at the damage screen and wait to hit OK, it's already too late. So no matter what you do, if you don't hit OK, you hit OK, the damage is already posted to the raid. So when your guild says, do not post your damage until this time, they're not saying sit at the damage screen. They're actually saying, don't let all your guys die, because once they do all that damage gets registered and is taken off the board. So, yep. 
I remember and, that. I know that that happens in a lot of guilds where they say to hold damage. And for those looking to move up to bigger guilds that are newer players that want to get in on heroics and your guild may not be doing, if you join a new guild and they say that, that's what they mean. And it happens quick. I mean, it is instantly when your character dies. You used to have a little bit of extra time in there, you know, to force quit and back out or whatever. But whatever they did, um, I don't remember what update it was, but one of the more recent updates made it to where it is damn near instant. Like your character gets hit as they're going down, it's registered. So keep that in mind. Yep. Can happen in an instance. Oopsies happen all the time that way. Yes. I didn't think the Rancor would slam and kill my last guy, but if you think he even has the possibility, just wait. Yep. It's worth it. And the last part to the guild, the raid that kind of is the cog that holds it all together is if everyone's if everyone is soloing phase one that's in the team that's running phase one that day. No matter when they're supposed to post damage, Phase 1 would never move into Phase 2 for the other team to start their Phase 2 runs, right? So we run two people that are called pushers, and their only job is to push the raid from Phase 1 into Phase 2. So they will go and into the raid and do up to 98% damage. And once they hit around 98%, they either try to escape or they've already been trying to let their guys die so that they don't push into phase two so basically you got two of them there so if you both do 98 percent damage those together will be enough to push into phase two but on top of that you're not being punished for being a pusher because you're able to do about let's say 1.6 to 1.7 million damage that way so you're still going to have a decent score yep be way above the raid registers and above some of the, your lower guild members, depending on what guild you're in. So it works out pretty good. But that's how we done it for very, very eight long months, time. probably. Yeah, yeah, and it is it works like a charm. Yep. Now, the reason I mentioned all of that, whether it made sense or not, is to talk about the mini game that we play for registration. And this is the one I think people might be interested in because everyone in our guild loves the competition that this brings. So I wanted to talk about this. So we have a thing called Stormtrooper Shooting Range, and that is basically our registration game. So what happens is we did this to get rid of the annoying player ID screwing people with zero registrations because it works the same for zero damage as if you soloed the whole raid and tied for damage so everyone with a zero registration if you had the better player id would be at the top and if you had a bad one you might always get a level 46 rank reward if you couldn't make the raid and we had a lot of people complaining about that because we do a lot of raiding during the day and people are at work so A lot of people miss raids, and they'd like a way to fix that problem. Mm -hmm. So we came up with this. And basically, when we announce the raid and what teams are going in which phases and what time the raid's starting, we also put out a score. So basically, it's like, this is the bullseye, and this is the score we want you to hit. So let's say we announced a raid, 
and the Stormtrooper shooting range score target is 3,500 point damage. The whole idea is not to do zero damage, but to get as close to that 3,500 number as possible. And it's kind of like, I guess it's not really like golf. I can't think of a way that I, I did this scoring that equates to other things. But basically, to encourage you to try to get under that number and not go over and just try to do as much damage as you can bef to screw everyone else up, the points are lower if you go over the target score as opposed to if you are under. So yep. let's say if you're within 100 damage of the target, you're going to get 100 points. If you're within 250 damage of the target, you're going to get 80 points. If you're in 500, you're going to get 60 points, and so on and so forth. But if you go over within 100 Instead of the 100 points, you're going to get 50, so everything's cut in half. So it's more pertinent for your scoring to get under the score, but as close as you can. And basically, every raid we do, we run this, and we I tally all the scores that people get, put them in a big spreadsheet, put everyone's scores in there, and average them out. And then we run them in seasons, so... Four seasons in a year, three months apiece, challenge. And whoever wins and has the best average score of their Stormtrooper shooting range score for that season will be getting prizes. So the first prize was, what was it? I, I think don't it was remember. being able to choose phase one for three or four raids that you want or something like that. And I think the next prize i'm going to give out as a 20 dollars gift card for the winner basically it's just a another challenge to the guild and a competition just to see who can pick pick characters figure out how to get the best numbers that are close to the target score and just see who can do that the most frequently and it has been pretty tooth and nail so far I mean, it really came down to our last raid we did of the first season to figure out who won. So it was pretty fun. Yep. I recommend if you guys are having problems with registration numbers and zeros and people not liking always being in the 40s or, you know, want to switch that up, that will definitely do that. And then here's another added uh, added bonus to that kind of something that we've been trying to also figure out how to deal with but if you do ssr and you can also solo the raid it differentiates your score from the people around you so it kind of switches up the top 10 for solos when the raids run because everyone has a different damage score for ssr yep so kind of inherently changes that top 10 for Vader solos. But the, the issue we deal with is did this person purposely go over so that he could solo the whole thing and be number one? Or was he really trying to go for the score, you know? Yeah. That's the hard part. So it comes down to a lot of trust, and I trust most of our guys. Most. I trust all our guys, but it's just something we want to avoid altogether. So... It is a fun game. 
I thought some people might be interested in that. And if you are interested in that and it made no sense to you or made a little sense and you want more information, hit us up on Twitter and I will be happy to take a screenshot of all of our rules and send them to you if you want to see them. So yep. no problem at all. And, and then we'll, there have been other variations of this sort of thing, like where guilds have a deal, like where they try to see who can get the low score possible and things like that. Uh, I, you know, kind of anything like that really just kind of makes the whole regist registering thing a little bit more fun. Yeah, absolutely. My old B account rate or guild bounty snipers used to run themed teams for registration just to see, you know, who could get the lowest score with a team of three female characters or three Jawas or, you know, things like that. It was just fun. Just fun stuff for the registration period that's not meant to be stressful or anything, but is meant to be fun and competition between the guild. Camaraderie, man. Camaraderie. Absolutely. Then um, we got a heroic tank. It's a oh, what's you gonna say? I was just gonna go into the heroic tank. It's a lot more <laughs> simple. We don't, uh, you know, given where people are at with the rank or how easy it is at this point. You know, especially if you're doing, you know, the heroic tank raid, the rank is kind of a breeze. So all these rules just kind of help even out the rewards. But in the tank. We keep things pretty simple. It's one team per phase. That's basically the only rule other than... So we'll start the raid, say, typically 2 o'clock my time. Noon, whatever we go off of. Noon Pacific. Yeah, noon Pacific. And so we'll run phase 1 and phase 2 that day. So... As soon as phase one's clear, phase two's open, finish out. Once phase two is finished, the raid is off until the same time the following day. And that is kind of our registration period, that spot in between phase two and three. That way we can always make sure that people get in there and, you know, put stuff, put whatever in. And it still gives you more of a chance to do damage. You know, if you're busy one day and you can't do one and two, well, you can still register and then maybe the next day you're able to do phases three and four so you can still, you know, get on the board to some extent. Mm-hmm. So, that's pretty yep, much... It's pretty simple. Yep. Nothing complicated. We'll see how things go once uh, we have some seven-star Kenobis, but... Yeah, <laughs> for sure. This, this is the easy... Easy, uh, easy raid to deal with. Yeah, for sure. But the, but in all those rules we talked about for the Rancor, they sound tedious and obnoxious and everything else. But a, they work for us, and b, we've been doing it so long, it's second nature. Yes. So it's so easy. You just put out the announcement. This is what's going to happen. The raid comes. Everyone knows when they go. Everyone knows how to get the most out of their score to get better rankings, and it just, it's like a well-oiled machine. And something we should clarify. So in Discord, when you're assigned a phase, like in the little guild chat, each 
each team, you know, has like a different color and they're assigned to that. So, you know, if an officer goes and posts, say, hey, team A, your phase is open, like everybody in team A gets that ping on their phone, you know, and just using Discord for things like that too also helps make running that a lot easier. Yeah, absolutely. Just finding ways to be more efficient. So basically I make I made roles for all the teams and anytime a team is up, I ping them and let them know they're up and when they're allowed to post their damage and people at work or wherever they're at can just jump in there, do their 15 minutes and be out and know that they will get their rewards and we're able to do their run. So yep. it works pretty good. Well, seems like you have some a new idea here. Um, yes. So, with all these rules, people probably wonder what happens when these rules are violated. Well, typically in these situations, what we do is we'll ask the person, you know, who say if your team B and you're scheduled to go phase two. Well, you can clear phase two, three, and four. You can clear all that, but you can't start in phase one. So if somebody starts in phase one in something like that, typically what we'll do is ask them to sit out the next raid. Register only, and that's it. That way you kind of get bottom tier rewards, but you you still get your rewards, but you don't get to actually participate. That's typically how we do it, and we may get... There's, I think, only been a couple times where it's actually been an issue to where we had to, you know, do anything more extreme than that. Um, however... Yeah, for the most part, it's usually accidents. Yeah. And they explain that to us, but, but just to make sure across the board everything's good, that's pretty much how we do it. There is a new rule that the Shattered Order is starting, and you're hearing it here first. Oh boy. I, as the guild leader, I am also hearing it first, so I'm excited. <laughs> so, uh, what we're going to start doing is on rule violations, like if you're a second time offender, the offender is going to be required to send $5 via PayPal to each officer for dealing with their bullshit. Seven officers, 35 bucks. Yeah. I mean, that seems fair, right? <laughs> Seems fair to me. I'm getting part of it, so <laughs> I think it should apply to everything. It should be like the uh, the douchebag jar on uh, New Girl. <laughs> we just call them on it, and they have to send the money. Hey, that's a pretty good idea. I like it. <laughs> good thinking. That's pretty funny. Yeah, exactly. You know. Well, that's pretty much it for this podcast. Uh, So next week, what we are going to try and do is do a general tips episode. So we're going to try to cover kind of just general strategies, resource management, just some things like that for there will be stuff for seasons players as well as we're going to kind of talk about things that we don't or that we haven't talked about much for newer players to kind of help them out. So next week should be a pretty good episode. That is. All assuming we don't get some big fat update this week that just yeah, I was gonna say derails our or plans. they could drop a bomb on us and then we'll never uh, yeah. we'll never get, even get to that next week. Yeah. So, but that's that's the that's plan the for plan. Now. Yeah. Absolutely. 
So well, well, so that's <laughs> I got nothing else. That's it. That all right. It. Well, neither do I. Except uh, enjoy the game, enjoy your Sabine, and uh, enjoy your Omegas this weekend. Yeah. Thanks for listening, and uh, we hope to see you again next week. Later. Thank you for listening to the Shattered Order podcast. Happy gaming, and may the force be with you.